Hello and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. I'm Simone Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I am back after accidentally three weeks of absence. So sorry to my wonderful co-hosts, Christina Warren, senior tech cloud advocate (laughs) senior cloud advocate at microsoft and brianna Wu, executive director of rebellion (laughs) pack those are y'all's jobs still right yeah yeah it could be we're off to a good a good start uh Mm -hmm. yeah this is going great yeah is this about how it went when i was gone uh no dan dan really up the level of professionalism i, I was gonna say yeah. dan when 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 i was out sick and you left your laptop in toulouse or wherever the hell you were uh dan warren filled in and um was far more professional than the three of us have ever been in our entire <laughs> tenure of the show that man is a hero i still need to send him like a, a proverbial fruit basket or something i so appreciate that you, you um, don't understand i went through so many hosts <laughs> going through my rolodex because it's last second and you can't be there and like you try finding someone to record a podcast when you can't be there in the evening because you have an event and you're like you're writing everyone and and like that's when you find out who your friends are right (laughs) thank you dan and dan is our only friend between the three of us dan's the friend i don't know i i I, we might I was so sick I couldn't even help find anybody. Oh, that's no, so it's, sad. It's no, just but I mean, normal people have day jobs, right? Oh, no, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. Right, no, but it was one of those things where normally I would be able to, like, uh, tie in, but I was literally, like, I was just asleep. Like, I just, like, people were were texting me. They're like, you haven't been tweeting. Are you okay? I'm like, I'm really sick. I love that you have people so concerned, like, so used to you tweeting that they're like, uh-oh, she's gone. You've <laughs> yeah. single-handedly disproven my annoyance when people tweet i'm not going to be around for a while guys see you soon i always see those tweets and i think no one's gonna friggin notice if you're gone be off twitter for a week well i've i'm wrong i'm eating humble pie (laughs) christina warren tweets so much that people notice when she's gone (laughs) so before we start the show um, yeah. I need to throw myself on the mercy of the Simone uh, Supreme Court. What have I done? Um, what did you buy? I, I haven't bought anything yet, but I am, y'all, I am getting so many text messages from everyone <gasps> trying to get me to buy this, the new iPhone. Verizon <gasps> texted me not once, not twice, not three times, but four times in the last two weeks going, hey, just so you know, you can get a free iPhone if you want. Apple, they've, they're sending me emails. <laughs> they are giving me live updates in the, the, the Apple Store app. And it's like, hey, you're on the iPhone yearly upgrade program. What are you doing? Go buy a new phone. And, and it's, I, 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 I'm only so mentally strong, Simone. Oh. <laughs> like, like, it's torture. And I I don't know, like, should I just block Apple from my notifications? The court recognizes your hardship. Yes. But a promise is a promise. And when okay. made on a podcast, it's legally binding. <laughs> uh, I will say I had my own moment of temptation because <laughs> T-Mobile texted me. I, I can't remember what they said, but they truly did make a compelling argument about how, oh, yeah. 
you could just you could just get it. Oh yeah, you're eligible to upgrade to the powerful iPhone 13 Pro with Forever Upgrade. Pre-order today. And then again on September 24th, you're eligible for iPhone 13 on us. I don't know if that's on us or on US with up to $800 towards your iPhone upgrade every two years forever, all caps. Um, yeah, they, they're really pushing it. They want, they want us to get those new phones. So I, I sympathize. Um, this is, this is my, if I did do it, this is my reason. This is the model I get. And this would be why. Yes. If I don't get an iPhone mini, I will never get an iPhone mini. I just Mm. won't. And I've noticed this is, this may just be me, but I've noticed that I feel happier when I don't get sucked into the abyss of, of YouTube and Twitter and Facebook drama and all of that and use my Mac for work. So I'm, I'm thinking that if I move to a mini because it's so much more inconvenient to, <laughs> to, to waste time on, I'm thinking that it could oh. make me happier. That's my theory. And that doesn't really even count because I th- I feel like we were specifically talking about the 13 and the 13 Pro when we made okay. our bets. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I look, I say do whatever you want. This is why I don't make promises that I won't spend money um, <laughs> uh, because I know myself. My, my bet, though, Bree, is if you went for the mini, you would either be annoyed and either buy yourself um, a, an iPad mini or get something else. Like, I, I, I would love to see that experiment. I uh, I don't know how satisfied you would be with the tiny phone, to be totally honest. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a scenario where you could find a refurbished one or something and do a, an experiment yeah. with yourself. Because that's a, that's a valuable topic for the show, honestly, is what's it like to use an iPhone mini for two weeks or something? Um, not and again. Apple will take it back if it sucks, right? Like sure. you've got oh, yeah. two, three weeks. I did that with one of the iPhone Maxes. Oh yeah, like. you did. I remember yeah. that. So that that's my my compromise to you. Okay, you okay. can try that. It won't count that. as breaking your promise. Okay. Um, because I don't want to suffer by having to give what was it three hundred dollars to a charity. No one should go through that. No, of course not. I wouldn't <laughs> ask that or wish that. <laughs> of you. I, I, I thought it was five hundred dollars. Maybe it was interesting. Well, too yeah. bad there's no recording of <laughs> what we said. <laughs> Charles Tan or someone who listens close more closely than I than than I do. Please let us know on Twitter how much Brie would actually owe because that might, um, d- you know, like play a play a role. I've already been indemnified by Judge Simone. Yeah, you heard her. I I heard that. Yeah, and it, again, it's it's the 13 and the 13 Pro and that whole family. I think that okay. that is the. Uh, the 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 promise breaking phones the mini okay. I'm, you do whatever you do you um Amazing. hey listen speaking of haha <laughs> new products from Apple shall we get into our first topic of the day woohoo yeah it is the second Apple event of the fall coming up this Monday October eighteenth and perhaps the one that I am most excited for now perhaps one thousand percent because. The rumors say that Apple will be introducing its new 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro models with the M1X chip, which is the, you know, sequel to their their new ARM based wonderful chip that made me salivate all last year that they've put in uh, in their new computers. Um, But 
still, even even though that chip is reportedly pretty great for video editing, it's not as good as I want it to be. So this M1X chip is supposed to be faster and more powerful uh, compared to that original M1. It was good. Mark Gurman at Bloomberg reports that the M1X will have 10 CPU cores compared to the M1's eight, uh, plus graphics processors with 16 or 32 cores uh, compared to the seven or eight in the M1 machines. Very exciting. Uh, other stats of these new MacBook Pros, uh, thinner bezels, hence larger displays uh, with higher image quality, uh, two times retina, two X retina displays uh, for the just the crispest images imaginable. On top of that, aside from the very, very interesting guts, which are exciting to me and have been like my white whale for a year now, um, these computers will bring back MagSafe my beloved. Uh, they will ditch the touch bar and they will bring back the HDMI port and SD card slots. So it's basically, again, as we I think we said previously on this show, undoing the last five years of Apple design and going back to the perfect form that my own laptop that I am recording this show on uh, has still. So That's uh, the MacBook Pro news. Super duper exciting. There's a couple more things, but let's pause here and uh, just sort of just say a little prayer. (laughs) (laughs) How do you two feel about this? Uh, I'm obviously super pumped for it. I'm not going to be buying either of these. Uh, I did succumb to the siren uh, allure of the M1 uh, MacBook uh, 14-inch last year. Uh, It's a workhorse. I love it. Uh, you know, uh, so I'm going to stay the course on that. But I think for you, this is uh, it's it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm as as long as you can have more than 16 gigs of RAM, I'm in. Uh, like I heard, it, I'm, potentially I'm, 32. Yeah, which I okay. I still feel like if that's the max, I still feel like that's not ideal, but. I will do that. Uh, so if I can get 32 gigs of RAM in a laptop, I will do it. I don't want to rehash with people who always want to try to mansplain because it's always dudes. Why 16 gigs of RAM on an M1 is enough for me? It's not. Not for a work laptop, not for a workhorse. It's not. Uh, it never will be. And um, I personally refuse to spend you know, over $2,000 on a computer with only 16 gigs of RAM in 2021, almost 2022. I Mm -hmm. I flat out refuse, will not do it. So as long as I can get 32 gigs of RAM or more on it, I'm, I'm in, I don't care. It doesn't even have to have all the things that we want from it. I'm in. Um, I still really like my Intel iMac. Uh, I love my Intel framework laptop that I got uh, a few weeks ago. Like that's one of my favorite things that I've bought in, in years. In fact, it's probably going to be my favorite gadget of the year. But I am so frustrated with my 2017 MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm so over just honestly the last five years that we've kind of been dealing with that um, I would love to have like a really powerful like high-end Apple laptop again. So uh, take my money. I'm, I, I don't know how many thousands of dollars I'm going to be giving Apple, but it'll be a lot, but I'm very excited. Yeah, my great hope here, uh, because the as as everyone knows, so sorry to repeat this again, the work laptop, the work MacBook Pro that I am using is a, a 2015 or 2016 Jesus. model. I know, I know. That's why I have an iMac as well. It's also from 2015. Haha. <laughs> anyway, my and I have been holding out 
it has been really down to the wire here. That thing does not hold a speck of battery left in it. <laughs> I've been holding out in the hopes that a these uh, M1X chips, or it's not M110, is it? That would be really, no, it's M1X for sure. These M1X chips will be what I need for video editing and B, that Fox Media will provide me with one. (laughs) Um, That is my greatest hope in this world. And then I could see a world in which uh, maybe a year from now or so, depending on how my personal laptop, uh, which is also a 2015 MacBook Pro, but the smaller model, depending on how this guy is doing, maybe I would replace it with a refurbished uh, one of the M1X. Um, That would be a dream world for me. But for now, all I need is for that to be good at video editing and for Vox to decide to update my machine, which I, in their defense, I'm not blaming them for this. I think they would like to give me a new machine. Everyone else has newer machines. I just will not give mine up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I love the attributes that it has so much. I'm the only person on the team who has an SD card slot. I, I have MagSafe. <laughs> I have y- multiple USB ports. I live a really good life. And I, um, I've i held out until now. So it's it's my moment, Apple. Please give this to me. I want I want I have a controversial opinion. Ooh. And I would like for you all to talk me out of this. I like MagSafe. I mean, I, I think it's okay for, you know, MagSafe 1 and MagSafe 2. The the three times in my life I've stepped on that cord and it's popped out, it's been kind of magical. But I don't understand the freak out about MagSafe and why it has so many loyal people on it. Because if mm. I have to choose between something with like a universal, something that's more universally available, like USB-C, uh, you know, like USB-C means I can easily, like it means I can hook it up to my monitor very easily and get power off of it, right? right. If I'm not doing anything that's a good intensive. Point. If I have to pick between like yet another weird Apple format that I'm gonna have to shell out, you know, endless amounts of money for 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 the Apple brand of that versus something I've got literally everywhere, I, I want the USB C, y'all. No, I mean, if it was a choice of an either or, I would agree with you. But I think um, I, I don't think that it is like there are a number of companies, uh, uh, Microsoft most notably, but but Dell has some options too for some of their higher end machines. So do some other companies where they'll have a proprietary charging port um, on the surface line. There's a surface connector, which is actually pretty great. And it has a MagSafe like feature and it can have like the surface dock, which is actually pretty magical in the sense that if you have everything plugged into it, as soon as you plug the service dock in, all of your stuff and, and your accessories and everything that's plugged into it just works. Um, and, um, and and it's, at least my experience with it, is that it's better than any sort of dock I've used before. But if they have USB-C on them, which I think the last two or three generations do, it will also charge from USB-C. So both work. So if I agree, I would agree with you if it's, if it's an either or choice, but I, I would have a hard time seeing Apple doing that. I feel like they would lose a lot of goodwill by doing that, especially since if you're going to have the Thunderbolt 4 port on it um, or, or, or whatever, USB 4, whatever standard they're using with it, it has power delivery going through it anyway. That's that's a, one of the, the core features. Um, and it has, you know, the display capabilities and all that stuff in the port. So it would be weird to like then like, 
specifically say you can't charge the laptop this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have something like quick charging would only work with with the MagSafe thing if they had some sort of connection like that. I, I could maybe see that being a thing. But um, my hope is that if they do bring it back, because I'm like many other people, I miss it just because even if it's only a couple of times, those few times when you've almost lost your laptop and it's been saved because of MagSafe, you know, there's there's something like I think in a lot of people's minds are like, OK, yeah, that that was a feature I really liked. I think that um, if you could also have the flexibility of being like, yeah, I can still use uh, a third party brick or battery or, you know, insert your accessory here to charge too. But I also have this nicer connector. I mean, that would be to me kind of the best of both worlds. That's not a very Apple uh, decision in most cases, but there is precedence. It's not like other companies don't do that. So hopefully mm-hmm. that would be the direction they'd go in. Yeah. I'll have to ask my my colleague Clayton when when this eventually or when this gets uh, announced, because I know he's hoping to use this hooked up to monitors for video editing. Um, and kind of replace his desktop with it. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be that for me, which is why I I that I was not even something that I considered is like needing to power a monitor with it. Um, just because I I do want to maintain my my iMac uh, situation. Um, and for me, I like I just like the ease of of unplugging it with MagSafe. I don't think I've even ever accidentally stepped on the cord. I just kind of like, you know, flipping the cord with my hand and grabbing the laptop and swanning off to the other room with it. Um, so for me, it's just kind of like a nice ease thing rather yeah. than a uh, huge necessity. Yeah, it's nice. I just, I feel like it's just out of, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little overhyped, basically. Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, but I, I I think that's probably overhyped, but I think it's just kind of more representative of the fact that people really miss, you know, what the, I think it really just speaks for the nostalgia, which I don't think is misplaced for their previous generation MacBook. Um, and, and the fact that for a lot of people, the MacBook Pro in the last five years, not going in a good direction. I will say this, one of the biggest complaints that we have internally, because we have a lot of um, coworkers who have their own personal M1s, is that those devices are really limited into how many external monitors you can connect. Mm-hmm. You can't use an external GPU, and I believe you can you can only connect like one external screen. I think it might be two with the Mac Mini. And it, like it is, it is a problem. Um, that would be so, a, a problem for Clayton. I think he wants uh, like two monitors minimum. That that's that's not uncommon. And the fact that you could do it with the previous, you know, like even the MacBook Air, the the Intel one, you could connect two external monitors to, and then the the M1 one, you can only do one. Like that's a regression hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it's you know it's it's a regression on the 13 inch um, MacBook Pros. I mean, it, it's a regression. And so there are a lot of people who have who. Like, I know they've been like, I was really ready to go all in on the M1 stuff. I need my screens, and I I can't deal with that. So uh, that's going to be something they're going to have to address, I think, mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. this update. Like, if they don't, that's a massive problem. I expect that they will. I, the rumors are that in addition to having more system RAM, thank God, there will be more cores for their video card, you know, their their, um, their internal GPU stuff. So presumably, presumably it'll be able to support, you know, more outputs. But that's... Uh, that's that's a thing that right now, like, we're all big fans of the M1 here, but we should talk about the fact that there were regressions, and that's a very real one for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I've it'll looked be at putting lit- oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, you sorry. go on. 
I, I was just going to say, like trying to put Linux on your M1. I was looking oh, no, at that can't. the other day. It's You can do it, but it's uh, Godspeed. <laughs> you know, it's, well, yeah. It's, well, I saw the instructions, so my eyes glazed over. I'm like, maybe I'll just wait for this to bake a little bit longer. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a whole other thing because at this point, yep. there's, there's one distro who has reverse engineered some of the process, but they're basically running it virtualized. The big problem well, is, is, is that they can't get the graphics drivers. So it's never going to be hardware accelerated. We shall see uh, what changes with the M1X when we get it announced on Monday. But in the meantime, we are also, I believe, expecting a Ma- a new Mac Mini, a redesigned Mac Mini uh, with more mm-hmm. ports than last year's model. Um, so let's see, two USB-A ports and two Thunderbolt uh, USB 4 uh, Type-C ports. Are how do how do you? That's all I know about that. Um, I think you two are more likely to use something like this than I will be. Uh, how IDGAF. do you feel about the DGAF? I don't care. Nobody about cares. The Mac Mini. <laughs> all right, it could then. die tomorrow, and I wouldn't care at all. I mean, I would like it in theory. I think that the last MacBook, uh, the last Mac Mini, people were really excited about it because Apple always forgets about the about the Mini, and and it seemed like it was an okayish update. I would love to see that. I would also be shocked, to be totally honest, because they usually wait like four years between updates. So if they totally redesigned it a year later, uh, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I'm buying a laptop. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. All right, one more uh, Apple item before we move on to the next topic. Uh, New AirPods. Now, this is not confirmed for the Monday event, but there are potentially uh, going to be new AirPods that have shorter stems that like the AirPods Pro and also uh, a case that uh resembles the airpods pro um interesting that that didn't come with the rest of the iphone stuff so i, I mean I, I trust the rumors but um eh, also kind of a i mean i'm excited about it but i'm not looking to replace mine quite yet I feel like AirPods are so, because of the way they're designed, you know, the battery in them decays, or at least mine mm, does. Yes. And it's it's unfortunately, tragically, because it's so bad for the environment, uh, a product that you, you do have to look at replacing every year or two. Yeah. My AirPod Pros are coming up on two years old. And, uh, you know, the battery charge is just not there the way it used to be. So if this comes out and it looks good, um, I'm probably going to bite the bullet. It's I think that makes sense. It's not because I want that feature. It's just because the battery sucks. Yeah, that's just, I, I, I feel like, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't be surprised to just continually see like little refreshes on the AirPods as older models decay and people are looking to get the new airpods yeah um and i and i feel like uh it's time for the the originals to have a redesign they came out five years ago uh um you know they were announced um in in september of 2016 they were released in december of 2016 so you know even though we had the airpod pro redesign we haven't had other than the the charging case uh, a variant and kind of, you know, kind of a, a minor upgrade to some of the firmware stuff. Like they've had the same physical design for five years. So I feel like they are due for like an actual Gen 2, you know, mm-hmm. like proper proper refresh for the normal AirPods. So I'd be excited to see that. Um, I have several pairs of AirPod Pros. I actually have a, a pair <sighs> that have not been opened. So I'm good in terms of, of not <laughs> needing be to like... fine, kid. <laughs> But but um, I, I do agree on the battery thing. Like my mom, actually, her birthday is in August and I got her her third pair of AirPods. I got her AirPods for Christmas in 2018. She loved them. Then I got her AirPods Pro 
last year, I want to say, for Christmas, and she loved them. Did and she, is she, like, losing them, or did you just want to get her, no. like, nicer headphones? Uh, no, she l- uses them all the time. So she was obsessed with the first pair, and then I got her the pros because I was like, you might really like the noise canceling and whatnot. And then she was actually using them both at the same time. So she likes <laughs> to go to sleep listening to audiobooks, but doesn't want to bug my dad. So she'll have one pair in her ears, then she'll get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, switch her AirPods out wow. um, because the battery will be dead, and then <gasps> and then go back to listening. But then what happened was her original pair, which you know at this point you know was you know four years old or whatever, were starting to the battery was basically gone. So I was like. I'm going to get you another pair of just basic AirPods. And, you know, she loves it. mom is always a power user. I know. It's so funny. She doesn't think of herself that way. But she really is. She's like, I've, I've, my mom who went from being completely afraid of technology has like embraced the stuff so hardcore. She loves her, but she loves her AirPods, like loves them, loves them, loves them. So I might get her, she might get another pair for, for Christmas. Who knows? Ah, well, let me tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Do you ever type the same thing over and over again? I know you do. I know I do. Whether it's customer support answers, sales emails, or document edits, typing things repetitively or using copy and paste can be a burden and will give you terrible hand injuries like all of my friends have. That's where Text Expander comes in. With Text Expander, you and your team can keep your message consistent, save time and be more productive, and be accurate every time. The way that we work is changing rapidly. Make work happen wherever you are by saying more in less time and with less effort using Text Expander. Christina, remind us what you use Text Expander for and how important that accuracy is. Oh man, I use it for so many things. I use it to invoke scripts and uh, you know, like enter in like all the the links of of the different tabs I have open so that I can it format it in a specific way so that I can, you know, add notations to things easier. I use it to quickly respond to emails with boilerplate stuff. Uh, I use it, you know, on a command line, like to to again like run, you know, like like bash scripts or whatever. Mm. I I, I love text expander. It's one of those things. Oh, I, I love to use it for uh, quickly using like ASCII emoticons or, or even emojis because I have just like a, a set of things I can just type in and, and very quickly do it. That is such a freaking good use for it. Imagine never having to Google Lenny face again, folks. Exactly. <laughs> As a listener of Rocket, you can get 20% off your first year. So visit TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about TextExpander. That is TextExpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to TextExpander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. Oh, baby. For our next topic, we are going to be talking about a couple VR and AR headset updates. You might have learned this week that Magic Leap is back again. Uh, they've raised $500 million more in funding and are preparing to release a second edition uh, AR headset called the Magic Leap 2 next year. And I believe it will be for sale this year. Uh, their CEO, Peggy Johnson, said in a statement... Magic Leap will have greater financial flexibility and the resources needed to continue our growth trajectory as we expand on our industry-leading AR technology. I don't know why I put that quote in this Word document, because it is truly 
just words, just words. So previously on Magic Leap, as you might remember, uh, we've been covering them since the inception of this show. Um, wow. From the days when they were kind of a, a wonderkind company that everyone was like, oh, my God, they're going to change AR. They're going to make AR amazing to the announcements that perhaps the Magic Leap AR headset was attached via many cables to a heavy backpack. Um, I think most recently, uh, so they used, they had $3 billion in funding for that initial version of the headset. Um, it did not so much meet expectations when it came out. And it unfortunately did come out around the time when every other uh, VR headset was coming out. And it, it, it suddenly, this industry suddenly became very, very real. Um but also, you know, very not mainstream at the same time. In 2020, Magic Leap went through massive layoffs, uh, like many companies, um, but they are back. Uh, Reportedly, the new headsets will be, quote-unquote, 20% lighter with a doubled field of view. Uh, Separately, in new VR, AR headset news, uh, this is a VR headset, so HTC is back in the game. So HTC, as you as we know, partnered with Valve to, to make the HTC Vive. And now uh, they are coming out with the HTC Vive Flow. This is still a rumor, but the great thing is, by the time this podcast comes out, you will know whether or not we are full of crap because they are supposed to announce it on October 14th at an event called Go With The Flow. So um, listeners, you can let us know if we'd be fools or nay. This is a $500 device that will reportedly start shipping in November. Uh, the outlet protocol reports that it's a standalone VR headset uh, at, with a an unexpected Use case. So many of the VR headsets that we've seen so far, not the AR ones, but the VR ones, have been all about gaming and like high horsepower and immersive experiences. This one reportedly will be for media consumption with access to some casual gaming, according to protocol. It does not ship with controllers and it apparently, according again to protocol, will be less powerful than the Oculus Quest 2 which uh, is, of course, the latest Oculus uh, from Facebook, which is awesome, but not certainly not the most powerful headset out there like uh, the HTC Vive was at the time it launched. Anyway, uh, this headset also notably does not have a head strap. It has what looked to me like sunglass-like arms, except they don't rest on the ears. They rest on the side of the head, uh, which does set it apart from other uh, other. VR and AR headsets in that it looks like goggles that a person would wear in a sci-fi movie when they're going to the <laughs> desert and driving a really fast. No, that's like what it looks like. It looks like Riddick. pod racing goggles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So that is my summation of this. We are seeing a new generation of VR and AR headsets coming out. How do we feel about it? Uh, so taking them at the, taking at the top, I, I feel like have either of y'all had a chance to actually use the magic leap? Nay. I'm it's, trying to remember. I did. Yeah, I, I used it once. Yes. Right. It's it's not bad. You can see how it's going to be a really good technology. Like the main problems with it were the the sunglass effect of it. Like it's just the world is is notably dark. Mm. Um and the other part is 
they didn't it's so funny they developed like a demo of a 3d beating heart (laughs) that you can interact with but they didn't add freaking twitter for something they're selling to consumers. You know, the Angry Birds game, it was it was fine. It wasn't super impressive. But the the problem I feel was the software, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they laid off a thousand employees with the first one. And let's be clear, you know, this was a case of venture capitalists wanting to exit the company and setting their expectations for how a Gen 1 product was going to sell. And it was just freaking absurd. They actually believed that they were going to sell 1 million (gasps) of the original units at, what was it, $2,400, I believe. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. They ended up selling, I believe, closer to 20,000 units over two years worldwide. So I think, I, I do feel that this is, it's not a bad product or an idea. I think the core problem with it was the software. It didn't offer something and say, I do this better than anything else in the mm-hmm. world. So as far as the the history of this, I like what they're doing. It's lighter. Uh, the lenses are more uh, transparent. That looks amazing. Um, yeah, there's no word on the software, but they are targeting this more towards enterprise, not yep. consumers. So hopefully it will be more focused. Mm-hmm. That's all good. What worries me is there have been journalists out there that have done uh, stories on this about the number of the thousand employees that were you know, basically laid off of Magic Leap who are now working at Apple. Oh. And my concern is that, like, I think when we write the history of this, I think that the Magic Leap is going to be a very important device, but I think whatever Apple is cooking up, you know they're going to answer those questions. You know they're going to make it more usable for a human. You know that they're going to develop useful applications for it. Um, so I, 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 I'm happy about the technology, but I'm, I, I personally would not have contributed money with that 500 million they raised. Eesh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll agree with, with basically all of that. I would say this, um, uh, Peggy Johnson used to work at Microsoft. I've never met her, but I've heard good things. So I think that as a CEO, I'm not going to blame her or hold her responsible for any of the decisions made by the previous management because she joined a year ago after basically all the hurting was done. And, and I don't know if she made the layoff decisions, but that she's somebody who you bring in to clean things up. That was very clearly what that move was. It's not like it was not her fault that they went through all the, 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 you know, $2 billion or whatever it was that they, you know, raised before. Um, she was not the one who made the ridiculous promises about it being the most, you know, game-changing technology ever. Like, yeah. you know, like Wired said that she didn't have anything to do with that. She also comes from, you know, um, she's worked at Qualcomm, I believe. And, um, like her, her background is, is primarily enterprise stuff. So I feel like she's probably a good person to lead them into pivoting in this way. Um, but you know, on the one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm like impressed. I'm like, congratulations on getting another 500 million from people when you had such a colossal failure, because let's be honest, like it was a colossal failure and it was a very public one, especially given the hype. Um, uh, granted in this environment, it is easier to get money, um, when, when you're, you know, targeting, um, a, a B2B and an enterprise sort of thing, but still, uh, at the same time, 500 million isn't a ton of money for hardware, especially with what they're trying to do. And especially as Brie mentions, when you're potentially going up against someone like Apple and when in the enterprise space, you 
you have existing, you know, things like HoloLens. Um, so I'm, I'm skeptical about how well it'll work. Uh, but I, I'm also, if I, it's kind of like, you know, the various Google Glass is still technically, you know, like batting around somewhere Google still has, <laughs> you know, some people working on that again with an enterprise focus. So, you know, I, I feel like the consumer story with, with Magic Leap is probably dead and will probably never return, but it's possible that they could pivot it into something that that could have a, a business use case, and and maybe if they really do have some of the more advanced tech, that that could you know find a way to trickle down into other products in the future. I don't know, but uh, it, I um, yeah. I had to laugh when I was like they've raised this much money again. I'm like congratulations. I totally agree because if the, if the tech is amazing. This is, you know, the kind of device that can maybe be used in architecture or engineering firms, places like that. But those firms might be using, say, Windows computers and say, well, let's just get HoloLens or maybe they're on Apple computers. And that, as you said, raises the scenario where if Apple eventually does make their version of this, it's it's going to make sense to to purchase that instead. So it's a difficult it's a difficult position. It, it really I don't know. It it makes me kind of bummed out about the state of of VC funding in general and just like how how much money is out there in the world going to things that that aren't that aren't bad but aren't necessarily like as 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 game-changing as you know the th- three original 3 billion dollar magic leap promised to be. Um and it's just kind of it's it's kind of a bummer, you know. I I don't want any product to fail. Um, I hope it does well. I hope it does what what it promises. But it it, it is interesting to me, of course, to see a company, you know, below three billion making something that disappointed a lot of people, and then get an additional five hundred million, even if that is a small amount for what they're trying to do, and and you know, get a second shot at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I applaud the grift. Is is I is I think <laughs> is kind of my general feeling on this. I'm like, congratulate you. Have really good salespeople. Like you have people who are really good in a room at pitching investors. Yes, to continue to get another. <laughs> honestly, like, like I like hardcore because as you said, like okay, you've run through three three billion dollars. You've laid off a thousand people, and you managed to get another five hundred million dollar investment. Now I don't know the terms, and the terms were probably not mm-hmm. advent advantageous to them i'm I'm sure in fact i'm sure that they were very not advantageous to them you still got 500 million dollars so yeah wow well let's talk about the uh, what i think is maybe the weirder product here because magic leap (laughs) is gonna magic leap what is this casual 500 dollar vr headset i mean i feel like the original hdc vive was really underrated and the support generally speaking on steam was excellent uh i i was not going to get it and you know friend of the show georgia dow uh to, talked me into it and she was a hundred percent right i'm i i'm inherent i'm inclined to trust htc in the design of this again i want to look like riddick don't judge <laughs> me that's just how i like to spend my weekend uh but I, I'm unconvinced based on what we know that this is going to do anything better than the Oculus 2 when what I really want is something to, you know, uh, uh, 
to compete with, uh, you know, the Oculus, uh, the, the HTC reference, uh, for, uh, for steam, right? Like I want, I want even better, uh, VR hardware. I don't want cheaper VR hardware, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm just not totally convinced that people are going to be that, that a lot of people will want to watch their TV with this specifically when the Oculus exists. And even though mm-hmm. you have to have a Facebook account to use it and everyone's super annoyed with it, especially after Facebook was down for hours and hours and hours and nobody could log in <laughs> uh, to use the, to access their, their cloud games. Um, it, it's just a better product. If, if you want to watch stuff, if you want to game, the Oculus Quest 2 is so good. Um, so it, it, the idea of a casual gaming VR headset it, it, it's not computing. I need to be convinced. Maybe the event will convince me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of at a place where I feel like, you know, VR is not here and I don't care how much Mark Zuckerberg talks about the metaverse and other stuff. Like, it hasn't taken off. It's still a very niche thing. I do feel like if you want to get into it, that, yeah, uh, even though it's Facebook, Oculus is where it's at. Um, it, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I'm not to, not to say that, like, there's not a place for this. I don't know if it's a $500 thing, right? Like, mm. that still see, feels like that's, you know, the same price as, as, as an Xbox or a PS5. And, you know, like people, you know, have a lot of ways that they could spend $500 that feels like that's a big outlay for something casual. So I'm with you. I mean, it's kind of weird. And, and, and I also feel like, yeah, if you're wanting to do this, Oculus is just the better place to go. But I'm not mad for it existing. Keep on HTC and HTC. Yeah. But HTC is also one of those companies that hasn't had a hit, you know, in, in a really, really long time. Um, but I am glad to at least see there's that there is one consumer alternative to, you know, Oculus. Yes. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm just mystified. <laughs> Can I just say, like, get the AR headset, hook the Twitter API up to it, you know, put TikTok videos in that. Let me, like watch let me let me look at the twitter apocalypse as i'm walking my dog and i will spend two thousand dollars on that right make it so i can watch a movie while you know while i'm doing repetitive things well you know like put just ordinary stuff in there don't make it like heart 3d animations put stuff in there we're actually going to use yes so i can like have youtube videos overlaid while i'm washing dishes yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I okay. I, that would be that would be dope. Like, I, I would, I wouldn't hate that. I'll, I'll be honest. All right. So we will hopefully find out more about that tomorrow. Hopefully, we are on the ball with everything, all the rumors we've talked about today. Uh, but for dessert, we have firmer oh, no. rumors, oh, no. more special. Oh, so some could say oh, no. sexier rumors. <laughs> so good. Much to everyone's uh, upset feelings. Earlier this year, it was announced that Timothy Chalamet would star in a <sighs> Willy Wonka prequel, to which everyone said, what? Who asked for this? I don't understand. And now a wonderful gem of a fan um, has leaked, A, footage from the filming of this of this movie, B, there's a photo floating around out there of Timmy Chalamet himself in a Willy Wonka top hat uh, and a purple, like, fitted, I think, velvety coat looking <laughs> so hot that it uh-huh. hurts. Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'm eating my words. <laughs> I regret my words and deeds. I'm upset. I feel shame. I feel shame about the emotions that I feel looking at that. I'm an adult woman. He's a he's a child. <laughs> like, okay, though. Yes. Listen, this photo of him, yeah. the uh, like the the super close up photo yeah. of him, yeah. the first one. It's he so looks good. older than he's ever looked in this photo. He does. In a good okay. way. He does. Okay. He looks Fair. like a man. Well, I mean, yeah, but he he's still at like a he's been dubbed a twink wonka or twonka and. Yes, and I'm here for all of it. I love it so much. Um, and but he does definitely look older than he's ever looked. And he's I'm 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 DTF uh, Chamolet's uh, uh, Wonka. Like I'm I'm I I'm so into this. You hate to hear it, and yet you've heard it here, folks. <laughs> I, I am also DTF. I will admit it. I'm not proud of it. Uh, yeah. So but I will own it. Vulture uh, did the excellent journalistic work. <gasps> yes, uh, Zoe so Haylock and Vulture reach out to the fan who posted the initial video. So I love this, this kid fan so much. Was like visiting their parents in Dorset and realized, like, huh, there's filming down on the beach. I wonder what's going on there. Oh, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is driving by on the back of a truck. Uh, like recording a musical number this rules uh and the fan posted a video and i uh, and also gave an excellent interview just about this whole situation and this is journalism this mm-hmm. is what it's for thank you vulture thank you vulture and and thank you to the fan who was just delightful and it was a really great story and um i, I i've interacted with them a little bit because they're very fun and like this is like this is a good this is a good kid a good teen thank you for the twonka content uh thank you very much for like capturing like the the performance of the song i you know like for for also being like i and 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 they they were so funny they're like i don't want to get into the oompa loompa discord read the article it's a very yeah. good interview i was like this is this is a very online very good um uh, uh teen i mean I'm, I'm i i think that they are probably like in their early 20s but so standout quotes uh the reporter asks about timmy's hair uh and the mm-hmm. response is the sun was shining on it. It was bouncy and golden and even more beautiful than I could imagine. Um, this is a person who understands what we need out of <laughs> out of Wonka leaks, which is a horrible, Wonka horrible leaks. phrase that I regret ever, ever putting in this podcast. <laughs> Cancel it. This is my problem. Yes, this is my, me. This is why I can't get past with the concept of Timothy Chalamet overall, okay? Because I first got to know him on my second favorite show ever. First favorite show is 24. Second favorite show is Homeland. (gasps) And he is a main character in Homeland season two, where he is this, please timestamp this, this piece of (gasps) spoiled son of the vice president that goes like like falls in love with uh well starts dating really dana uh mr terrorist's daughter and they have a night on the town in dc and he just gets in a jeep and his uh, uh privileged butt just goes and most runs over a black woman in an alley and oh, then no. she dies slowly in a hospital he's like oh dana we can't do anything my dad is gonna be so mad and just completely washes his hands of it and that was my introduction and even though he's a child 
I hate that character. I hate that character so much. And then, you know, 2019 happens and little women happen, like comes out and I go see that in the theater. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is what he's grown up. He's in a more sophisticated role. I, I understand what Gen Z Twitter is talking about here. It's not my thing, but I understand it. And then this photo is here. You know, I'm literally DTF with Willy Wonka. It's really <laughs> disturbing to That's me. called character growth, Brianna. I was going right. to say, I was going to oh. say, like, so I saw Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name on the same day. Like my mom and I went to see Lady Bird first and then we drove like, 30 miles to go see or no 25 uh to, to go see call me by your name at like the one place that it was in atlanta um similar to the time we saw munich and then drove again also about the same distance to go see brokeback mountain in the only place it was playing in atlanta because these are the movies i like to see with my mom over <laughs> christmas break um and uh so so i saw lady bird and call me by your name in the same day, like at the same night, like one was like a 7 p.m. showing, one was like an 11 p.m. showing, right? So I, I got, that was my introduction to him. So that was a whole bunch of Timothy Chalmay, uh, like at once. And um, uh, I'm a fan, so I don't have like More the like baggage. Shalamore. Exactly, Shalamore <laughs> indeed. And so I, I I don't have the baggage that Brie has, thank goodness. So I'm just happy that he's looking more adult and and it's, you know, like... Um, I, I don't know. I I I really want to make just just a whole bunch of of Willy Wonka, you know, scrum umptious like like puns, you know. But like, I'm not going to. Well, he's really good at playing kind of sleazy jerks. Like the Homeland role sounds like that in Lady Bird. Like he's not bad by any means, but he's just kind of a sleazy teen. And even Lori in Little Women, who I love, is oh, a yeah. little bit sleazy, and yep. and he's really good at that. So it'll, I I still haven't seen Call Me by Your Name um, for some reason. But uh, we'll see if this is a departure for him or if Willy Wonka is going to be a little bit sleazy. I'm excited for it. Anyway, let's move on and talk about what we're doing this week. Brianna, let's start with you. Uh, you know, just working on my uh, television pilot with yeah. the whole Hollywood team. Just just doing my thing. Uh, it's going really well. Can't wait to show that to y'all. Uh, there may actually be a bidding war going on for <gasps> nice. this. Yo. So uh, very, very happy about what's going on. That's exciting. Uh, Christina, what about you? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, we've been doing some hackathon stuff at work this week, and just uh, continuing to do other, you know, just kind of a playing around on stuff. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm want to spend this more time in a future episode. We talked a little bit uh, about it a couple weeks ago, but I want to spend more time because now I've had more time to play with it. But I want to talk about the framework laptop I got mm-hmm. a, a few weeks back because uh, it's awesome. Um, and I've really been enjoying that. But yeah, um, we've been doing a bunch of cleaning stuff around the house. So yeah, just just chilling. Nice. Uh, well, I am enjoying being back in the U.S. Uh, and starting Friday, I'm going to be fostering a dog. Oh, what? wow. What kind? Yeah. It's a shepherdy looking dog. Oh. And here's my <laughs> – the organization emailed me initially. That I was going to foster a dog um, named Carlisle Cullen. 
uh, who, as you astute listeners might know, is the patriarch of the Cullen family from Twilight. Yeah, because uh, all the dogs, you know, they get them in groups and they kind of give them all theme names, so it's just easy to name them. And then they oh, said, "That's how I name my computers and my hard drives." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. they said, "Actually, oh my God, so sorry. Last minute change of plans. Can you foster this dog instead? His name is Edward Scissorhands." Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be welcoming Edward Scissorhands into my home. Oh. Um, don't know how uh, we. My roommate and I decided that he's actually Edward Cullen. Yeah, because it agree just with makes that. more sense. I agree. Like you thought that you were getting a Twilight dog. Um, it, it's going to be Edward Cullen. Um, also, Arbats is way hotter than Johnny Depp. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Um, I like, want like, my Twilight honestly. dog. Yes, you got your Twilight dog. Uh, I, I will say that that Winona Ryder way better than Kristen Stewart. But if 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 we're we're going on on leads here, so it's, I'm I'm Team R Pats over over Johnny Depp any day. Um, so yeah, I le- I'm very excited about your Twilight dog. How long will you be fostering him? Uh, not sure. They say two to three weeks is average. Uh, dogs are in super high demand here in New York. Uh, so I'm plan. I'm excited to impose rigid structure in his life oh. uh, and then send him off to a new home. Going to be super exciting. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the weird Simone adventures that like I know you're going to be out and the dog is going to like smell something you're gonna be running down fifth avenue trying to catch, catch the dog you're gonna run into a bakery i i don't know but uh, this is meet, meet my true love <laughs> yeah i'm excited about this Simone because of a huge line. ungainly dog yes. named edward scissorhands <laughs> the, the truth about cats cats and dogs you're gonna yes. be like on roller skates <laughs> yes yes, yes so that, that'll be it um uh, we'll, we'll, so but you'll definitely be well actually i don't know who do you want to be in that movie do you want to be uma or do you want to be um um uh, janine i don't know what you're talking about oh, the movie no. the truth about cats or dogs cats and dogs i haven't seen that movie Okay, Uma Thurman and, and like Janine Garofalo. Yeah. I'll, I'll be Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Uh, good choice. She was she's better in the movie. So yeah, yeah, good. Okay, yeah. See, I still got it. Also, she's a radio host. Oh, oh well, there you go. Oh yeah, she in that movie. The truth. I oh, will read about this. Maybe I'll find it streaming. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing this week. Um, hey, Brianna, where can we find you online? I uh, find me on Twitter at Brianna Wu and nowhere else. Yeah. Don't look. Not looking. <laughs> My eyes are closed. Uh, Christina, what about you? You can find me at film underscore um, film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And um, yeah. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon, where I will have a new video out next week. Heck yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rockets. I am so glad to be back, and I hope that you enjoyed this one. Because if you did, guess what I'm going to ask you? To go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for us so that everyone knows how real good our show is. Uh, It really does help people find the show and listen to it, and it's cool for support. So please do that. Thank you so much if you have already. And this episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.